a really um, fun Parsha. Vlachacha is a great Parsha. Vayera, also a great Parsha. They're all great Parshas. But you know what I'm Vayera is very exciting. So we're going to talk about one specific um, piece here in this story, the beginning of the Parsha. And I hope it'll, as usual, spark some conversation. But I, and I, I have, I'm excited to share with you actually a safer we haven't, we haven't really shared before um, as part of the, you know, kind of like one of our answers here. So uh, let's get going and we'll see how we go. Okay, so the, the parasha begins like this. Hashem um, revealed, appeared to him. Who's him? Avram. Avram. We're not told that, but right, that's pretty clear if you go from the Pesukim before and it's clear, clear from the Pesukim afterwards. It's interesting. You actually don't see Avram's name anywhere in the whole story. It's actually interesting. And that's, not, that's not my plan to talk about that, but it's just interesting if you're looking at it. Fine. Vayira alav Hashem belo name Amrei in his place in the plains of Mamre. Fine. Vehu yoshev pesach ha'ol kachamayom, and he is sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Okay. Um, what what do we what do we? The Torah doesn't say something here that everyone always says it just happened. He just had his brismila and he's waiting for guests and he's feeling sad. So that's 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 a medrash quoted by Rashi. It's not crazy. The end of last week's parasha, he gets his brismila, so it's not. It's not like out of nowhere that Chazal put that together, but that is not, you know, Hashem came to be, to be Mavakar Chola, etc. That's, that's not in the text. According to the text, he's just sitting there and Hashem appears to him. Okay, now what happens? He looks up and he sees. And there are three men standing over him. They're standing there. And he looks again. And he runs to them from in front of his tent, meaning he leaves the entrance to his tent and he runs out to see them and he bows down. Vayomar, and he says, Let's translate this passage. And he said, Adonai. What does Adonai mean? My master. Good. Anyone else have a different translation for Adonai? I mean, it could be just sir. I don't, I don't sir, okay, yeah. I don't know. It could be my lord. I don't know. Right, or, right, or it could be... My, my lords, right. or my lord, with a lowercase l, or it could be... Uppercase l. My lord, with an uppercase l. I don't know, my master. And Hashem. But that's funny. So let's see. If I find favor in your eyes, don't, please do not, pass by from in front of your servant. So what is he saying to whoever he's talking to? I'm in my tent. Stay, stay don't leave. He's clearly telling whoever he's talking to, please stay, don't leave. Good. And then he says, and then he says, you take some water, and wash your feet, and, and relax under the tree. So according to, once you start reading now, who is, who is he talking to, clearly? The people. The Anashim. These people who came, okay, we're going to say that they're, they're angels, but right, he's talking to these, these men who appeared to him. Right? Good. And then, fine, so he tells, there's more of the story here, he gives them bread, and he gives them meat, and he gives them, Cheese and how do you do that? Basha Bachalov, and everyone had this like long, long, long svarim that talk about this question. How could it be that Avram sold, you know, gave them lachem basvach? Fine. But the bottom line is he does this whole thing and he gives them food and great. And then they tell him that they're going to have a baby, right? They ask where Sarah, she's in the tent, etc. They have a baby. And then they leave. And what do they do when they leave? They leave to go where afterwards? To Sodom to destroy Sodom. And what does Avram do? He pleads for them. Yeah. Hashem tells him what's going to happen and he dabbins for them. Yeah. Okay? And then it continues the story of Sodom. 
That's what happens in this story. Okay, good. What is interesting is that we find a lot of conversation in the Rishonim about this sentence. Vayomar Adonai. A lot of conversation in Yushonim. Who is he talking to? If I, but again, just reading the story, who is he talking to? You think the three men. The three men. That's pretty obvious that he's talking to them, correct? Yeah. Yes? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's obvious from the context that that's who he's talking to. Yes? yes. Good. Take a look at Rashi. Vayomar, Adunai, Imna, etc. Says Rashi. Legadol Shabahem Amar. He's speaking to who? Legadol Shabahem? The leader of the group. Why does Rashi say that? Because it's singular. Because the word Adonai is singular. Yeah, it's a good question. Rashi is assuming that it's singular. So what would be the word if it was plural? Adonai would be, right, but that would be our master. Adonim. Adonayim? I'm not sure exactly. I'm not a grammarian, as you can tell. But right, it's set, but it sounds like Rashi. So like when you when you say Rabosai, you say Rabosai. Right. So it's, I think it's still Adonai. Right. So so but, but why does Rashi say he's speaking to the the great the yeah. leader? There's something about otherwise this. Otherwise, it's confusing why it would be singular when we just said three. But but, but the, the, the assumption of Rashi, we maybe we need you know some more grammatical uh, expertise here. But but what seems clear according to Rashi is that Rashi believes that it is singular. Ah, uh, yeah. Good. Very good. Excellent. That's the answer. Aliza got it yeah. for us. Right. It could be that Adonai. <laughs> good, Aliza. Thank you. Right. That's right. That's the answer. Good. That is the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. Because Adonai maybe could be it plural, could be either. either plural or singular. But by the continuation of the pasuk, it is clearly it's talking to one individual. Mm-hmm. Right. So that. So Rashi says, well, so who's he talking to? Clearly, he's talking to them to these guys. So it must be he's talking to the head of the group. Okay. And by the way, I just love this. You've heard this story a hundred times, right? Your kids come home. So when I was a kid, we used to make these projects, mm-hmm. right? You, you, the, with the, the tents, with the tents the and, the, and the people and the thing. We, my, my Mora, and I had my second grade Mora, with the, the legs were always like flat and they were stapled on. And I remember like the Mora had to staple everyone's <laughs> thing. And like, right? Like this story a hundred Did you ever hear anyone talk about the fact that the word Adonai is talking to one person? But then it says, I know, I never. It says, yeah, which is so, you. So, right. Tavor is one. Al Tavoru would be two. Ah, yeah. Would be the two of you. Right. That, is, that is a singular thing. Um, yeah. I just have a question on Rashi, though. It seems like he's, he actually has a deeper thought because very often in Torah, when a group of people have, are united, it is singular. Like, very, very, very often, Jewish okay. people are considered a singular. Like, very, very Right, often. but that's like, I'll so say... There's three people here, they're united with their purpose, even though actually they had their own messages and stuff. Right, but right. I'm saying, I feel like Rashi is not, it's gotta be... Okay. Maybe, maybe. The one thing I'll say, we always do this thing with the Vayichan Shami Shonegadahar, right? That Vayichan is, is singular. The Jewish people, you know, they, they, the, the truth is, it's not so, it's not such a big kasha because it's Vayichan Sham Yisrael. Yisrael is one, is one nation. The reason, the reason is, is because, the reason there it is true is because the, the, the puzzle there actually, tr- actually shifts from plural to singular. But, but it is grammatically correct there. Here, it's not really grammatically correct. Here, grammatically, it really does sound like it's to one person. But then but, it does shift to plural. Oh, so we're going to say, uh, <laughs> correct. Right. Correct. Right. 
Yes, correct. So, oh, good. So, well, let's keep going. L'gadol shebehem amar, v'karam l'kulam adunim, u'l'gadol amar al-nasavor. What's he basically saying? Right? Adunaik is really plural. Gentlemen. Al-nasavor, you, me'al-avdecha. So he's kind of addressing them all, but he's also, he's also, then he, then he speaks more in the singular to, to, um, to one of them. And if I get the, 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 the leader to come, then they're all going to come. And he says, according to this, the language of Adonai is, it's a, it's a secular language, right? It's like, you have this all the time. We have, in the Torah, Elohim, in the Torah, Kameen, judges, right? Or Elohim means, we say Elohim, right? It means Elohim, right? So you have that, these words that can mean Chol and mean Kodesh. So the, according to Rashi so far, this is the first Pshat. And then he says, Davar another pshat, Kodeshu. This is not talking about to those people. It's Kodesh. And who's he talking to? Vaya Omer la Kodesh Barchu, lahamtin lo, ad shiarut sviachnisis haorchim. Right? This is the, the pshat we are more familiar with sometimes, right? That he's talking to Hashem, telling Hashem, you know, please wait up. And then he goes to Hachnasis Orchim. Right? So what are you going to ask? Look at the order of the Pasuk. Go back and look inside, right? He's sitting there. Hashem's in front of him. Oh, he already ran out of the tent. Right. He should have first said to him. Hashem, do me a favor. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Boom. And then he's out of there. That's like the respectful way to talk. I mean, the Bosham can hear you as you're running. Right? He could be on his, you know, on his, you know, whatever. But like, Right? But, but the right thing to do would be to say to him first. So Rashi says, Even though it's after he ran out, No, he said it earlier. He said to Hashem. Right? Like he, he runs ahead, and then there's like a flashback. And yeah, and what he said before he went was, Right? Fine. That's how the Torah talks sometimes. There's other, other examples. Right where there are stories that happen, you know, you know, one after the other, and really it happened before. You know, the Torah is not always in, in, in perfect, in perfect chronological order. Fine. Um, what's still the problem with it, though? What's, bless you. What's still what's still problematic with it? With this shot that he's talking to Hashem. I forget to why. Yeah, we're gonna get to why. That's good. Yeah, that's a good question. What else? What else doesn't like maybe doesn't work so great in the in the reading of the pesukim still. Let's read it. Well, as it continues. Yes. It's not right. Right. It's not right. 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 He goes from Hashem, please wait. And then he says, Yukachna Mamayim. Who, who do you say that to? Okay, so now he's talking to the men. Right? So what you have to say is that he, He ran to them. He bowed down, by the way. Then, before he told Hashem, don't leave. Right? And then he said to them, and then he says to the people, Yukachna Mamayim. Like, all of a sudden, we're back in the conversation. With, that's our first part of the conversation with them. The first thing he says is, take some water. Mm-hmm. Okay. You might say it's a problem. You might say, that's such a big deal. That's what he says to them. Hey, guys, can I get you something to drink? And that's how it goes. So maybe it's not so problematic. But that's how you have to read it, read it according to the second shot. He's saying, Hashem, Hashem, he's addressing Hashem, saying, saying not to pass his tent, and then he's addressing the Malachim secondary. Right. So he says to Hashem, please don't leave. And then he says to the guy, and then he runs. And then he sees them and says, do me a favor, come, come inside. Some of them were on their way to Saddam, and he, 
and, and they have a purpose, right? It's not their decision if they stop or go. They have a mission from Hashem. So maybe he's asking Hashem with the malachim, like, stay. And then he says the malachim, you know, Hashem said you could stay. <laughs> right, that could be. But we're not clear that he knows their malachim yet. And that's right. they're anashim. And this one, the Torah tells us that they're anashim. So as far as we know, it's a simple shot as he sees them as, as people. Right? So he's just going to do what he does. Right? Which is he sees people, he brings them in. But yeah. Why is he nervous that Hashem is going to go? Hashem's always with him. Okay. So what, so, so what, good, so answer the question. So why is he asking him not to leave? So what's the answer? It's a good question. Why is he asking Hashem not to leave? Hashem's not going anywhere. Right. So what's the answer? The answer is... <laughs> 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 no, what would you say? Well, look at the Sagalus. Like when it says, Vayar Elav Hashem, like it means Hashem really came down like for... To have, Avram was having Nevu. Right. Must be something special on. going on here. So, right. There must be some special. You're right. Hashem is, Hashem is here. Right. Hashem is always with us. Mm-hmm. But this, clearly Hashem was more with him. Hashem was, ha- he was having a Gilu Shechin. He was having some type of experience with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, And he doesn't want that to stop. Right. right. And he feels worried about that. So he's asked Hashem to stay because, yes, Hashem is not going to go anywhere. But he is not going to be able to experience that same, whatever this prophecy experience is like, which I can't describe to you, but like whatever that's like, I'm sure it's really cool. So he can't, I mean, not just cool, it's meaningful and he doesn't want to lose that, right? So he asks Hashem, please don't go anywhere, I'm going to come back. Right? And by the way, he does. After the story's over, what happens? He comes back and Hashem says, I'm not going to say, I can't, I can't, you know what? Avram's come back to talk to me. I can't hide from what I'm doing about Sodom. And they start having this conversation about Sodom. So actually Hashem listens. And if you believe that he, if, if you say the Peshat that he actually asked Hashem, Hashem actually did stay. And he waits for him to come back, and then they have a conversation. Um, so that actually happens. Fine. But this is, this is Rashi. Okay, this is Rashi's way of dealing with what problem? Avram is speaking to an individual, and then he tells the group to come have something to eat. So two answers. One is, he was talking to the head of the group. Get the head of the group, then everyone else comes in. Just fair, right? Or no, I'm talking to the Rebbe Shalom. Why? The language is Adonai. That's the language of talking to Hashem. He was telling Hashem, please don't leave me. Why? Because again, that makes sense in the Pasuk. He's just having an experience with Hashem and doesn't want to leave him. Right? Both are actually, I think, are within the realm of the simple pshat. Yeah, but the word we, Tavor wouldn't make sense there in that sentence. Because if he was with Hashem and they were in the tent, then why use the word Tavor? It literally means to pass, pass by. by. So Hashem is not passing. He's sitting with him. You'd say, don't leave. Don't leave. It's not the right word. Okay, that's a fair point. Savor. Right, it's not as maybe it's not as good a word. I don't know. I, I, I have to like, again, I'm not sure that it's not the right word, but I hear you. I hear your point. I'm saying it makes context. Don't leave. It means that he's speaking to all of to them. To the right? group. To the group. You're saying that makes the group better. I hear you. you. Say to somebody staying next to you, like, don't leave. I'm not savor. I don't know. I'm trying to think like in biblical, like in biblical Hebrew, is that not the right word? Even I think lahavir is like to, is to, no, but it's also like to leave soach is to pass over, right? Lahavir is like to. Pass by, like it could be. It, it could mean it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Right. I'm not Hazov. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's such a bad word. I'm not sure it's such a terrible word. Terrible word. But I hear. I hear your point. Okay. But I want to show you the Archaim Kadosh. Let's see the Archaim Kadosh. Something interesting. Again, he's just playing on the same concern. Right. I just, you'll see why I think it's interesting. Vayomer Adu Etc. Ladas says, Why didn't he go to everybody at once? Right? What, what? Same, same problem, says Rachel. Why is he talking to only one person? What's going on here? Virazal Amrus Chachal said, 
Chazal said, Ligadol, Bereshit Rabbi, he's talking to the, to the old, the, the, the greatest, who Derech Drush, Ki Bamayi Yodea, Ki Mazmin, who has Kulan. You know, who, who said he's going he's to invite everybody? He's just talking to one of them. How does he even know they're together as a group? If he's just talking to one guy, who knows what's going to happen from them? See, he doesn't like that pshat. Achen tam Avram huliyos shihergish shebabez hayu mechuvanim prehem likanes atzlo. No, rather he saw these other two were really were ready to come in. They wanted to come. Ki love bow echel raposov echel basro. It turns out he could tell they were interested in coming in. Two of them. Because one of them is to, to heal him from his brismila, and one of them is to tell them about they're going to have a child, right? Ushluchem hey love, and they were sent to him, meaning he could almost like see it. He could, you know, you could sense when someone's like heading towards you, right? Mm-hmm. They could tell, right? You could see, you could see where they were going, right? Asherlokein hashlishi, but the third one, he didn't look like he was going to come in. Vehu Gavriel, Shubala folks Sodom. He's Gavriel who came to destroy Sodom. He had no connection to Avram. So he goes to him and says, I know you guys want to come. You just give me one second. Mr. Number three here. You don't look like certain... You come too. You come too. So nice, nice shot, right? That's not our take-home message, but I think it, it maybe should be. It's such a nice shot. Like, I know you two want to come. I can tell. You're interested. You, you're not so interested. You come along with them, right? The foundation for Kiru. Right, but it's nice. It's nice, but it's nice, right? It's nice. But it, what I love about it, what I love it, what I love about it is that it's, this is a question that we're going to see like more foundational answers to maybe, but like it's nice. It's like the Rishonim are bothered by this and the language is, is, is strange and all the Midrash and all the lessons and all the stuff, it always comes from these anomalies in the text that bother them. It's not, it's not, it's not like, you know, uh, fluffy nutter stuff. This is real. It's coming out of problems in the text. And that's, It all starts there. The Pasuk doesn't make any sense. Who is he talking to? Two people, multiple people, just one person. Why just one person? Then he's talking to three people. Like, what is going on here? And that's what everyone struggles with. And Zorachim just says, you know, this nice, I think, very pure, pretty idea. That no, he was getting the third guy. You know, you come on. Fine. However, because of this story, because of this story, and because of the pshat, the second pshat that Rashi said, the Kodesh part, that he's talking to Hashem first, the Gemara tells us the following concept in source number four. Amrav Yehuda Marav, Gedola hachnasis orchin makbalas paneashkina. You have a choice to hang out with the Ribbono Sholom, imagine, or to bring people into your home. Not to assume means people have nowhere to go. Right? Someone shows up at your door, I got lost, right? I, I, I'm on my way. To, we had this a number of years ago. We're on our way to, uh, you know, couples that are on the way to Pesach for Shabbos. It's going to take them 45 minutes to get there. Shabbos is starting in five minutes. They have nowhere to go, right? That's, that's like, right? that's like the real deal, right? Um, so like, um, so, so if you have a choice to do that mitzvah or to sit and have nevuah with your bonus shalom, what should you choose? How do I know? Dichsev, vayomar. And by the way, look at look at, look at the two words. Hashem Adonai. See that? It's even even it's even in the text of the Gemara. Which word they're using there? Is it the Rebbeinu Shalom? Is it Adonai? Right? Who, who is it? Right? Imnam etc. Right? So you see the importance of right the importance of 
doing hachasorachim greater than sitting with the Rebbe Shalom. Why? Because Avram clearly gives up the experience of sitting with the Baruch Hu in order to do the mitzvah of hachasorachim. Okay. And I'll ask you a question. Why? Why is that better? It's the reason why we learn Torah is to then do the Torah, right? It's the reason why we make a connection to God is to then go out there in the world, like to be inspired be and then yeah. to be God-like. Okay, good. It's like dark arts got the whole Torah, same kind of thing, where, you know, showing respect, showing um, this being a Dhamma Kavero comes before that. Comes before it, right. Good. So let's see. I'm going to show you the Nitziv, and I'm going to show you an idea from the Tana Rebbe. The Nitziv writes in source number five, Vayar, and he tries to explain what this, what's going on here. Because the Nitziv isn't, isn't so convinced. He's not so convinced that Hachanas Zorchim is really better than spending time with your Bonshon. Not so convinced. And he writes like this, He's sitting there, like involved in Avas Hashem and spending time with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Besides the fact that it's a really amazing experience. Right? There's a mitzvah of to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's the greatest way to experience the mitzvah, to fulfill the mitzvah of Avas Hashem? To connect yourself, to do things, to make yourself connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By the way, what's one of the greatest ways to do that? Learning. Right? Talmud Torah is one of the greatest ways to create that sense of Avas Hashem. You spend your time understanding how HaKadosh Baruch Hu thinks. Right? You're like, you're like having a conversation with Hashem, understanding His mind. Like, it's almost like right, Rabbi, Rabbi Kron likes to say, when we dive and we talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and when we learn, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking to us. Right? Like listening to him in a certain sense. Right? So it's a, very, it's a tremendous mitzvah. It's not just like stam. Right? It's a very important thing to be doing. And, it's, and by the way, Abbas Hashem is one of the six con- constant mitzvahs. Right? It's one of the mitzvahs to me. You, you really have a chiv to do at all times. We can talk later. How do you do that? But right, something that's, it's a constant requirement. Nevertheless, If something shows up, right? I'm, I'm doing the mitzvah of Abbas Hashem. I'm going on a nature walk. Right? The Rambam says, you want to love Hashem? So go out into the world. Go out in nature. Look, look, Hashem. Go, we do this. I, I like this. My kids, don't, my kids are getting older. They don't like going to the zoo anymore. I love going to the zoo. I love the zoo. I love the aquarium. I love those things. And me, me and Khan, we walk around. So I say, some people don't like that. Me, I, I like, I love that stuff. Right? Because I, I, I'm not so firm. Not because like, I love, because it's like, Abbas Hashem. Okay? But, but, there, but, there, but there is. You walk around. Why did Yerushalayim make 37 different types of fish that have this type? Like, what is that for? Right? It's really amazing, actually. I, I love it. I love seeing elephants and hippopotamus. I just think, I think it's so cool. Um, my kids, maybe they'll come back like, as they get older. They'll want to do it again. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, but they're, they're preserving them. I don't know, whatever. But the bottom line is, right, that's a, that is a form of, of Avas Hashem. Right? To go out into the world and see, go out in nature, go, you go hiking, whatever it is, to see the world. However... Right? If you're in the middle and then you see a mitzvah is coming your way, it has no specific time. Right? For example, it's the same rule when it comes to learning. In the midst of Talmud Torah, a person learning can learn all day. As Mr. learning, right? 
But if there comes some mitzvah to do, you have to put it down because it, then you never do any mitzvahs. It doesn't mean the other mitzvahs are greater than learning. Right? It just means that mitzvahs that are so constant have to be put aside when a mitzvah that's going to, you call it a, you know, a mitzvah that's going to pass by and it has, has a certain, certain prescribed time, you're going to lose the opportunity. So you have to stop. Right? So it doesn't mean that that, you know, Hachanas uh, Zorachim is greater than having Nevuah and spending time with the Bon Shalom. They're both important, right? And, and if anything, maybe Hakavalas Kleshkin is greater mitzvah. But, but, the rule is, in terms of priorities, is that if any other mitzvah shows up while you're involved in Avas Hashem, you have to switch and go take care of that one. Shekachu Ritzon Yusparach Shei Mitzvah Ma'asit Doche Mitzvah Zu Shein Lashiruzman. A mitzvah, a practical mitzvah comes first. Before a mitzvah that has no specific time. Fine. That, he, that he put it down, he, he walked away from Boshalam in order to go. The only kasha in this is, what does he say to Hashem? Before he goes, don't leave. Right. <laughs> well, he's saying, don't leave. Like, if you're really supposed to do it, then he can leave. You know, okay, fine. But uh, maybe answer that question later. I don't know. I want to show you a different, a different chat, which is similar to the idea that you guys said before, but I think it's really nice. This is a, a book called, it's a saver called Torah of the Mind, Torah of the Heart, Divrei Torah of the Tana Rebbe, Rebbe Yitzchak Tversky. Rebbe Yitzchak Tversky um, was, was the Tana Rebbe. He was uh, the rabbi in a, in, a, in, a, in a shtibol in Boston. He was also known in the world as Dr. Isidore Tversky, who was the chair of the, uh, of the... Department on maybe Near Eastern, Near Eastern Studies um, in at Harvard. So like Rabbi Shachter, Rabbi Shachter, I think. So he's the son-in-law of the Rav. So his his wife is the Rav's daughter. His wife was is the Rav. So um, yeah, yeah. So, he, so like when, when what she is the, yeah she lives in she lives in Riverdale now. So when she, when the Rav, for example when the Rav was sick by the end of his life the Rav had Parkinson's and he didn't go out they didn't take, so he lived in the Torsky's home. Um, for, for like the last six, seven years of his hot life. He wasn't, wasn't well anymore. He lived there. Yeah, he lived there. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- so my, my family has a very close connection to the Tversky's. My brother is married to uh, my, my, my sister-in-law, Bracha Shapiro, Bracha Kron. Her father, Rabbi, Shapiro, Rabbi David Shapiro, who was the principal of Amani's for many, many years. So he was like the, like the Talmud Mufak of Rabbi Tversky. Mm-hmm. He was like his close Talmud. He was like basically like the guy in the shul, but not the guy is like not the word. He was like the guy in the shul. Very close, close, you know, student of, of Rabbi Tversky to the extent that Rabbi Tversky would give these, would speak between, you know, Chal and Rabbi, Rabbi Shapiro would go home every Monday Shabbos and write them down. And after Rabbi Tversky passed away, he published this book, um, which he published together with Rabbi Meir Tversky, who's Rabbi Tversky's son. Um, so together, Rabbi Shapiro and Rabbi, Tversky, Rabbi Meir Tversky together put together these, this first set, it's Bridges and Shmos, on the Divrei Torah of, of Rabbi, Rabbi Dacha Tversky. So that's what this book is. So um, he's a very, very powerful, powerful person, um, and 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 an expert, an expert on the Rambam. Like not in, like he wrote a book, a, a book, like a like a I don't know what you call it, like a, a tome. A tome, thank you. <laughs> called it, my man, he's reader. He wrote. He's he's like the he was the expert on the Rambam, in the in the not just in the Jewish world, like as a brisker, but also in the um, in the whatever you call it, academic world. He was like you know. Number one in Harvard. You know what I mean? We're not. This is like. This is very. He was very serious, and he was a chassidish rabbi at the same time. So he had right. It's fascinating. So um, good. So he writes as follows: As follows, my father-in-law, 
the Rav, okay? So, right, so Rabbi is married to right, uh, the Rav's daughter, so his father was the Rav. Beautifully suggests that according to Chazach, Nasus Orchim is indeed greater than Kabbalah's Tlayashchina. So he disagrees with the Nitziv. Hachanasus Orchim and all other mitzvahs beyond Machavero should not be understood only transitively, only the purpose of Hachanasus Orchim is to provide for guests. The mitzvah should also be understood reflexively. It helps to refine and perfect one's own character. In this context, the Rav cites two passages from the Rambam. This is the Rambam, the Mor Nevuchim. And he writes as follows. Umilas Tzedakah, I have it here. And then if you look on the next page, you actually have the translation there also, okay? So he writes, Umilas Tzedakah, you see it there? The second page, it's two pages in the same book. So he says, Umilas Tzedakah, he nigzeres made tzedek, vuhayosha, right? The word tzedakah comes from the word justice, right? It's that which is right and good. Give the people in the right way. When a person pays off a debt, a person does what they're expected to do. That's not called tzedakah. And tzedakah is not like someone did a service for me and I paid them. That's not tzedakah. Right? So the Rambam, in this, right, and this, this is philosophical work, the Morna Vukim says, what is tzedakah? Tzedakah is something that I do, and in English he writes, on the other hand, fulfilling duties with regard to others that are imposed upon you on account of moral virtue. That's tzedakah. What does tzedakah mean? Tzedakah means it's something that I do because it changes me. Right? Because it makes me a different type of person. That's what tzedakah is all about, right? Um, and that's the bottom line in the English. We have, we have thus explained that tzedakah refers to every good action performed by you because of a moral virtue by which you perfect your soul, right? It's how you change yourself. And similarly, the Rambam explains that lo sikom, not to take revenge, is not designed to protect the potential target of nakama, right? When there's a mitzvah of lo sikom, lo sitor, right? If a person does something to you, you shouldn't take revenge. Why? So you might think it's very simple. It's, it's practical, Right? If we forbid revenge, then the people who won't have vengeance taken against them, they'll be protected. And he says that's not the pshat. Right? But rather to refine and elevate the potential no came. Really, it's to affect us. A person who takes revenge on somebody else violates lo sikom. A person doesn't get malchus for it, right? They are right. You don't get malchus because you didn't necessarily do an action. You don't get malchus if you do something. You can take revenge by... Like refusing to give someone, right? you didn't, you didn't keep letting me a pencil, so I'm not gonna lend you a pencil, right? That's nakama, right? So, so but, but it's a raw himod. It's a terrible, terrible thing, right? To, it's a terrible midah. El aroy lo adam liyos ma'avia midosav al kol divrei olam. But rather, a person should always practice forbearance in all mundane. You should be a mavati. You should give in. Shakol eitzal hamivinim divrei hevel vahavai ve'enan kedalin kol Because everything, this, it's nonsense. Right, to take revenge on somebody else. But the point being, revenge, says the Rambam, is not about what it does to the other person, it's about what it does to me. And this light, he says, Hachnasis Orchem represents the active effort to achieve Shlemus, whereas Kabbalah's Paneashchina represents the passive enjoyment of Shlemus. Right, if I sit and, and bask in the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I am experiencing religiosity. I'm experiencing Yiddishkeit. I'm experiencing right, spirit, you know, the spiritual world. But when I 
become a Machnis Oreach, I'm actively transforming myself to be such a person. Right? And that's why Setan is the last line, which I didn't, which I didn't I have another page, but I didn't, I didn't, he says, and that's why we say, because it's actually greater. And it's not that one's really greater, but I have, what, I, what can I tell you? The halacha says, I gotta, I gotta practically get to the other one at times. And she says, no, it actually has an impact on me in a way that is greater than just sitting back and enjoying. You can sit back and enjoy is one thing. To actively go out and to be a part and to do and to, ch- and to, and to, and to activate myself, that's a much so greater that, thing. Is that the truth for Almutvot? Like, you have the opportunity to do Talmud Torah versus a Chesed opportunity. Like, should Chesed win over that? Or is it just purely for Hathmat Orphan versus Nidua, which we're probably never going to do? That's a good question. <laughs> no, so I, I, I think the answer is that you need both. You, you need both to be balanced, right? Because a person who's just as chesed, 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 but never, ever takes the time to like, I'm saying, in theory, it's possible, right? Never sits and learns, right? Never sits and, and davens and, and engages themselves spiritually. So then the chesed might, can lose its flavor of spirituality, right? It doesn't have that. It's, it's, it's the combination of the two. One is greater than the other, but not that I, I do the better one all the time, only at the expense of the other. And by the way, that brings you back to the nitziv, who says, look, I really want to do this, this thing of this spirituality thing, but I can't only do that. I have to actually go out into the world and do things. That's what the halacha requires me to do. So I think, you know, if you want to get like philosophical, the answer might be that in the end, the goal is to be actively, you know, engaged in changing myself. But if I don't have, if I'm not tethered to the learning, I'm not tethered to davening, I'm not tethered to the spiritual, then I can lose that in the, in the chesed, so right? I can like forget. The problem with, with learning, you know, like people are learning, you know, 16 hours a day and I go to sleep and I wake up and daven and start all over again. Like there's a problem with living that lifestyle then? The, the Rambam, yeah. this is a whole longer conversation. <laughs> That's a whole longer conversation. I will tell you that the Rambam, <laughs> the Rambam, the truth is, let's can give a whole longer shear about this topic, but we can we can actually do that. Maybe we talk about Yisachar and Zvul, and maybe, maybe remind me Parshas Vayechi. Maybe we'll do it. Um, if you, seriously, if you remind me. Um, but we uh, learn the sugya. I mean, it's a real sugya. And you should know the Rambam, and that to give you a, a quick, the Rambam and that sugya says the idea of a person learning and getting like having someone else take care of your parnasa. He says it's the worst thing in the world. The Rambam is like. The Rambam is like on fire with how horrible it is. Don't worry, there's more to the story than just that. But I'm just saying like there are many Akronim who understand and have to deal with the Rambam. But, but the idea of being a person who only involves themselves in their personal shlemus and never goes out, right, and does things for the world, so that's really something. In fact, there's a Rabbeinu Bechaye. And I have once heard, I think it was Rabbi Yusuf Kametsky who said this. He said like, I gave him like a, like a lot of Nechama. He says, because he, he, he said this. And I can relate to what he said. He says, he says there are people who are, they involve their whole life in Tarchet Sibor, your vibrant life in helping people, right? If you have yourself in helping people, so what's going to end up happening automatically, right? There's a rule in general in life, right? It's such an important, I've mentioned before the book called Essentialism, right? If you do X, by definition, you can not do Y. It's not possible. You can't do both. So if you're doing something, you're, you are sacrificing something else. So, so the Ben Machai writes, that Avram going out and, and living his life helping people, what did it do automatically? And you see it right here. He left the Rebona Shalom to deal with these strange guys who were going to walk by his house. Mm. Right? You are giving up sometimes on your spiritual growth, right? That, like, that more pure spirituality 
to go be involved in the world and help people, which is what the Rebbe wants from you, right? But it doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact. You do, you have less time spent in that, you know, that intense environment which can help you in your own personal ruchnius. And Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar says, Avram was asked to do that. And he says, but because he sacrificed it in order to, laman, in order to help other people, he, does, he doesn't get left out. Like, Chanoch, some of these people, like in the older, older stories of Rachis, they're like, you know, Chanoch was just like a spiritual guy, and Hashem took him, and he like, was just super spiritual. So maybe Chanoch was more spiritual than Avram Avinu. But Avram doesn't lose out. Because of that, so everything else. I was asking as a criticism. No, sir. I just met this no, it's correct. Well, you know, they still right. slept two hours a night and right. learned all day. But what I would say, though, a lot of those gedolim, but a lot of those gedolim, they actually do spend a lot of their day helping people. Yeah. It's the chaver who you're talking to me about chaver who don't do any of that part. They don't right. do the they don't do the helping so people part. Right. They do, right. They're only learning and not helping and not right. teaching and not right. But the gedolim really are so. the people who spend their time. They would they learn a lot less and spend their time meeting people all day. So like, but there's a balance to it and everyone has to find their balance in their own way. But yeah, it's that, it is that point. Um, and, I, and I just want to, I just want to close, even though it's like not totally a thousand percent related, but it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful word. And it is related because I think this is part of the Sion that Avram faced at times. It was like, I want to be me and just do my thing, but I want to help the world. And like, you almost like see him like, how do I balance the two? Um, there's a great shot. This is Rabbi Tversky's son. Rabbi Mir Tversky said this word. He said that the Mishnah says in Pekki Abbas, Asara Nisionos Nisnasa Avram Avinu Allah Vashalom. Avram went through 10, tri- ten trials, Ve'amad Bekulon. And he withstood, we usually say, he stood up through all of them. So, uh, so Ritursky said such a beautiful word. He said, Where do you find the language of Amad for Avram Avinu? So in this week's parsha, when he goes to, to Davin on Sodom, it says that he was Omeid, Lithnim Elohim. He said, Avram Avinu Omeid Lithnim Hashem. So Ritursky said, maybe that's the Peshat. He went through 10 tests and he was Amad Bekulam. It doesn't mean they all went so easy for him. He struggled. This is hard. What do I do? Do I go? Do I not go? Do I stay? Do I not stay? And each one, what did he do? He davened through it. Right? He was Amad Bekulam. For each one, he, he davened through because he wasn't sure what to do. Right? And we always find ourselves in these questions, how to balance, what to do. So how do we get through those challenges? We daven through them. We try to figure it out. Try to figure out how, we, how we're going to manage so we ask God to help us to figure it out. But the, um, the bottom line here is, and again, it's nothing else. It kind of drives from that same point that we like to make all the time. Chazal didn't make things up out of nowhere. It always comes from a problem in the text, and it takes me out to all kinds of things, whether that's to that balance of spirituality and practicality, which I think we, we definitely need both. Everybody needs both. We, we, we cannot be grounded without spirituality. We need it, learning and davening and all that stuff. We, we need it. It, it. it feeds us. It grounds us, it reminds us what matters. And then we take it with us out into the world. When we do chesed, it changes the chesed. And the chesed is a different type of chesed. When I know who I am and what I'm, what I'm here to do and what my job is, etc. So, uh, so, so I, I hope that through this, this conversation, we see that Avram does exactly that. And Chazal clearly wants to learn from Avram in that way, that balance, trying to do both. And then I met Hashem we'll talk about another question. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, All right, have a great day, guys.